Kicking and Streaming Podcast is brought to you by Cafe 1804. Premium Haitian coffee now available online at cafe1804.com. That's cafe, K-A-F-E, 1804.com. I'm like the dude that, I'm a dude playing the dude, this guy's like another dude. <laughs> oh my God, that is funny. So, well, the Star Wars trailer dropped. Did you watch that? No, but I wouldn't have watched it anyway because most of the time I don't understand what's going on. Because uh, <laughs> I'm not a, a, a Star Wars or whatever it is that they call themselves. So, right. My, I that. asked my husband that because he's, I mean, he likes Star Wars and I enjoy them just as movies. You know, I'm not like a fan or whatever. Right. And, and, and he's not either. He's he's Doctor Who, but um, he uh, he's like, yeah, I don't think they call themselves anything. He's <laughs> like, I think they just, <laughs> you know, because because Doctor Who it's Whovians and and Star Trek there it's I think it's Trekkies, but right. Yeah. So I don't know what. So they don't call themselves I anything. Like, I don't think so. He doesn't seem to think so. So boring. It works for me. Boring. So shall we okay. uh, start the show? Let's get it. Let's get it going. This is Kicking and Streaming Podcast, a binge watcher's guide to streaming movies, TV series, and stuff. Here are your hosts, Graham and Jocelyn. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. No, no opinions on that. You can't see me, but I'm dancing. I was dancing. <laughs> but you can't see me. Okay, well, that's good. That's good. That's good. <laughs> you have to take my word for it, but I'm not lying. So. <laughs> All right. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to this fantastic week of kicking and streaming. My name is Graham, as the dude that does the announcement said. <laughs> And, and this is Jocelyn, <laughs> and of as course, the dude that does the exal- announcement says, right. <laughs> so I don't know why we even repeat our names because he says, "Here's yours, Graham and Jocelyn." <laughs> but you know, it, it, it always recognition. Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's always good to repeat your name and like uh, as if you guys didn't know already. But yeah, I'm Graham, and on my other side of Skype is. Jocelyn, yeah. yay! It's over. <laughs> <laughs> this has been quite a good week. Again, I have to talk about the weather. The weather has been good here in Charlotte, North Carolina, my friends. Uh, if you are in the Midwest uh, or uh, somewhere else in the United States where they've had a shitty uh, weather, I'm sorry. That's, that's that's about what I'm gonna say about that. Right? Is that yeah. is that a good look? Yeah, yeah, that's good. You sounded sort of sincere. Not really, but almost. Sort of. <laughs> now, we definitely have a great show for you uh, this week. We are, our main topic today is we're going to talk about um, a fantastic little show on Netflix by, uh, written and directed by the phenomenal Ricky Gervais. Of course, he's phenomenal if he's your cup of tea, right? Uh, Jocelyn. 
This is very true. <laughs> and he's not always my cup of tea, I will say. Oh, wow. Really? Yes. That is news to me. You know what? I got to get to know you better, man. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it most, definitely... Most of the time, he's my cup of tea, but every so often, he's not. But I think you can probably say that about everybody. You know, well, yeah. everybody once in a while takes a misstep and you're like, man, I really want to choke the shit out of you. But, you know, that's, that's okay. Hey, uh, you know what? That is, uh, what was it? Such is life, right? Such is life. But I do understand that. I, I, I can understand when, when, especially when it comes to Ricky Gervais <laughs> being not everybody's uh, cup of tea. But in this particular show, I think he literally, if you were a baseball player, this is equivalent of a, of a long, long, long home run. Um, yeah. Hopefully you think so too, Jocelyn. I do. Lately, I, I don't do. even know you anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I've never even met you. <laughs> um, so, we, as we promised every week, we are, before we get into the meat and bone of this uh, podcast, we also would like to take the moment to thank you for always being with us, for coming back to us every week for all the listens and downloads. And tell you that we see it, we appreciate it, even though we don't get much interaction as we would like on uh, on social media. But we know you're there because we see, we are able to see the stats and we see that you're listening and you are listening en masse. So thank you very much. Yes, thank you, lurkers. We appreciate you. <laughs> Fellow um, introverts, it's cool. It's fine. I'm just happy you're listening to us. As long as you're happy, we're happy. That's exactly right. Like, as long as you... And you know what? I, I'll be... Let me correct myself. I did get... We did get some kudos this week. And I hope he is listening. My friend, uh, Delon Ferdinand, posted a very, very nice message on my personal Uh, the Facebook account and it said something like hey man I've been I just started listening to your podcast I want to say very good quality work keep up the good work so that's awesome that that felt good coming from uh, somebody that is a friend and uh, whose opinion I have uh, a lot of respect for so thank you Delon uh, for the kudos Jocelyn and I appreciate it yes thank you so much Um, and so on the same token, we would like to invite you to follow us on Facebook. We are uh, Kicking and Streaming Podcast. We have a Facebook page and on Twitter, we are Kicking and Streaming. It's just Kicking and Streaming. So and and Streaming, right? I, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't always know that I'm explaining this correctly. So we don't, we're not Kicking and Streaming, but rather Kicking and Streaming. Uh, so no Just G's. the letter N. Exactly. No G's, no, uh, no, no, no end, but the letter N. And also, yeah. we have a very funny uh, Instagram account. <laughs> we <laughs> have fun on Instagram. Yeah, we do. We do. We do. I, I, I was throwing some, some real shade at you last night with Game yeah, of Thrones. 
<laughs> but you know, I'm gonna. Try it's to... not like I'm being a snob about it. You know, I just it it just never happened, and it's not like I'm never gonna watch Game of Thrones. It's just I just never have. So I'm not like one of those people going, oh well, I would never watch anything with dragons in it because that's just not me. It's you know, no, I. I totally would. I just never got around to it. Well, okay. Well, so it's okay sometimes to be douchebag <laughs> about certain <laughs> certain elements. Like for example, I never watch any of the Twilight movies and shit because the whole <laughs> werewolf thing, <laughs> not my shit. <laughs> I'm a, I'm a I'm a werewolf, werewolf yeah, douche. <laughs> you can be a, a, a dragon douchette. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just say. Well, uh, I I will say mine is kind of zombies. I'm not into the zombies. Oh God, the Walking Dead shit. Yeah, I'm not into that. He, here's the thing, and not, and not because it's gross or anything like that. I right. can take gross. I just I just think it's dumb. So I'm sorry, Walking Dead fans. I just think it's dumb. I can't well, get into it. Aren't those the walkers? Uh, are the zombies the walkers or the Walking Dead fans are, uh, are walkers? I don't I, know. All I, all I can think of is Walker, Texas Ranger. So I don't know. <laughs> but here's my thing with zombies. Uh, as, as a Haitian-born person, right, uh, zombies are kind of is kind of our thing in terms of our legends in in in, in in certain, um, you know, supernatural beliefs in in the voodoo culture, okay. and I feel like all of all of what Hollywood has done the entire time is sort of bastardize <laughs> the entire notion of of zombies, and like it's nothing like what you see there, like the whole <laughs> our brains and shit. That's bullshit, right? <laughs> <laughs> there is such a thing as zombie and it is actually um sort of like a more of a medical condition if you will uh sort of a, a comatose type of thing that happens but that's a conversation for another day it's nothing like this motherfuckers be doing that's all i'm saying and uh, I'm not the one that's going to explain all that shit to you guys. So <laughs> if you want to find out, find out later. That's a different podcast. <laughs> Entirely. But and you know what? Now that you say that's a different podcast, I know that now that we are podcasters and we follow a whole bunch of, you know, Twitter pages in, in, in uh, Facebook accounts of other podcasters and Instagram and stuff, dude, how many supernatural true crime podcasts in in um you know all kind of murder mystery shit are there there like there's a niche for that for some reason huh there really is like, there really is like i well i have to say the tv uh channel investigation discovery mm-hmm. big fan of that but i never got into the podcast part of it no offense to fellow podcasters keep doing your thing yeah 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 sure um, but uh, yeah, no, there's a huge amount of of interest into that in in that whole region. I think we're all just closet murderers. <laughs> that um, is true. Maybe some of us actually, you know, are hiding the bodies in the closet, and some of us are just hiding. Yeah, yeah. Hiding the 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 want to murder. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. I mean, like, I I am amazed. Like, so 
we um, are part of Buzzsprout, which is the platform we use for our uh, podcast. And the thing is, every Monday on the Facebook page of Buzzsprout, they have a little uh, Buzzsprout group, well, actually like a big group. There's like 8,000 people in there, all of them podcasters. There is this thing called Postulated Episode Monday, right? In like one out of every three podcasts <laughs> are about murder mysteries and sh- in, in th- this thing that is like like this obsession with true crime and murder mysteries and stuff. And I'm like, like, like you said, Jocelyn, y'all keep doing your things. But I mean, the niche is kind of overgrown now if I, you know. Yeah, there's uh, there's a lot of market saturation, if you want to call it that. And yeah. I also, I guess maybe the other side of it would be that you never are going to run out of material because people are going to keep killing people and hurting people in horrible ways. So, you know, there's that. <laughs> um, That's terrible. <laughs> well, I speak truth. Yeah, <laughs> Terrible that's your, truth, but truth. <laughs> that's your right there. But yeah, okay, so in, in, in you know, to which is on. Let's move on. Um, Next, we unfortunately can't do what we no that we can't do, but like we won't do without uh, Patrick the uh, in the news section that we did last week, and I know that a lot of you very very much liked it. Um, and it would be for next episode. Uh, Patrick unfortunately could not be with us uh, today, and so uh, there's that. But sort of like something like in the news, and it's a follow-up to what we, some of the the main news that we talked about last week, which was about uh, Nipsey Hussle. This week, I believe it was on Thursday, was his funeral, which was televised uh, somewhere on on a TV channel. And it was was not only a sad affair, but it was definitely a celebration of his life and what he ultimately towards uh, the latter part of his life stood for. But I was struck uh, by a gesture from former president Obama, uh, who actually sent a very nice letter to his family. And we reposted it on our Instagram page, but I wanted, I wanted to just, do a quick read of it, if, if that's okay with you, Jocelyn, because I, I think it was really touching. And it's a lovely letter. Yeah, and thank God that you know we still have a president that can show this kind of empathy, human emotion. Yeah, yes. empathy. That's a good word. <laughs> so it, it says, the family and friends of Nipsey Hussle, Los Angeles, California. Dear friends and family of Nipsey. I'd never met Nipsey Hussle, but I'd heard some of his music through my daughters. And after his passing, I had the chance to learn more about his transformation and his community work. While most folks look at the Crenshaw neighborhood where he grew up and see only gangs, bullets, and despair, Nipsey saw potential. He saw hope. He saw a community that, even through its flaws, taught him to always keep going. His choice to invest in that community rather than ignore it 
to build a skills training center and co-working space in Crenshaw, to lift up the Eritrean-American community, to set an example for young people to follow, is a legacy worthy of celebration. I hope his memory inspires more good work in Crenshaw and communities like it. Michelle and I send our sympathies to Lauren, Emani, Cross, and the entire Ashgadom family, and to all those who loved Nipsey. Sincerely, Barack Obama. What a touching letter. Not too wordy. No, no, no. It's just like straight to the point. But you know what? Yeah. You know you've done something. You know you've done something. If a president, a former president of the United States takes his time to write a letter to your family, to talk about your legacy, and also to share his sympathies with you. So, um, yeah, that was, yeah. And to that too, I I think that was really nice. I mean, obviously it's a beautiful letter, but I think it was nice in there too, as kind of a call out to say, Hey folks, let's keep this going. Yeah, definitely. You're absolutely right. Yes. He, he, he did, he, he did that. And ever so subtly as he does, but he did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so tell me something, Jocelyn, what news do you have for me? What news do you have for me in terms of entertainment? Who's coming? You, you, we, we talked about the, the, uh, trailer, the Star Wars trailer. Did you see Star Wars? The Star Wars trailer dropped. I did see it. Um, it, it looks interesting. I don't completely understand everything that's going on in it. Um, I enjoy Star Wars, but I don't know all of the backstory and everything like that. So, um, but it looks like it should be an interesting and exciting movie. Um, so that dropped, that was good. Um, the Joker trailer dropped. Yes. Uh, I'm more interested in that. (laughs) Oh yeah. And and thanks Um, to you for pointing me, for pointing me to it because I saw it, you know, I wasn't, you know, like I really am Joaquin Phoenix playing the Joker. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, whatever. Right. But you sort of urged me to take a look at the trailer and you know what? I'm, I'm marveled. So thank you. Yeah. Oh, you're welcome. You're welcome. I'm, I'm, I, I wasn't really sure how to feel about it when they first announced all of this happening. And especially with the whole disaster that was Suicide Squad and Jared Leto and all of that. Yeah. Um, so when they announced that they had cast Joaquin Phoenix, I was happy because I, I think he's a phenomenal actor when he's on his game. Um, yes. And so seeing this trailer, I don't know what the movie's going to be like, but I'm excited about it because it looks like he may be knocking this one out of the park too. Yeah. And you know what? When Joaquin Phoenix is, like you said, when he's doing his thing, I mean, I, I think he could easily have, may have played Johnny Cash better than Johnny Cash could have played himself <laughs> on what I the line. I agree with you 100%. <laughs> uh, he is so good in that. He is so good in that. Yes, I agree with you 100%. In, in a contest of playing Johnny Cash, Johnny Cash <laughs> might come easily on third. And Joaquin <laughs> <laughs> Phoenix comes on first. <laughs> oh, that happens, so folks, true. I'm telling you. <laughs> yep. Plus, like Charlie Chaplin, he went 
the old black and white movies, silent movies, Charlie Chaplin, the actor, he went to a uh, Charlie Chaplin impersonation and he came in like 10th. <laughs> That's insane, man. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody knew it was him, you know. He just went, you know, to, and played and played his character, the tramp. And yeah, I think he came in like 10th. Do you know how... <laughs> I have no source for that story. I can't pull up a link and show you all, but if you Google it, you'll find it. It might not be tenth, but it was it was pretty low. Yeah, yeah, like I mean, dude, you're not even that good playing yourself, so get out of here. (laughs) (laughs) That is absolutely funny. So, but you know what I am excited about because I've been ranting about it all week. Do you care to take a crack? Um. Could it be Game of Thrones? Game of Thrones, baby! <laughs> <laughs> the final season is here. And and you know what? I actually am planning on sort of giving a binge watch starting tonight. Uh, the last episode, the last season, which was two years and a half ago. So that I can catch up, man. Because that's too long. <laughs> it took too long. Yeah, yeah. yeah. With the big gaps in Sherlock, I'm just comparing, you know, my favorite, one of my favorite shows. There were big gaps in that, too, so I would binge watch before the next season came out so that I could remember exactly what was going on. Yeah, man. Because uh, you forget this... stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, most of the time, especially with those HBO, Showtime, anything that takes a whole year to come back, most of the time, at least I go and watch the last two episodes of the uh, se- the previous season so that I, it, it reminds me of, you know, where we left off. But I think with Game of Thrones, I'm going to have to watch the entire thing because so many things can happen between one episode and, uh, and the other that if you forgot, you forgot. And uh, I, might, I might find myself a bit lost if I don't remember what i what i'm talking about uh what else came back i don't know if we ever talked about this jocelyn but i actually enjoyed sabrina the teenage witch with uh kiernan shipka and yes i remember you talking about that when the first season came out before we were doing the show and it was one of those things where i was like oh yeah i was i'm gonna watch that or i think i watched maybe one episode and never got back into it just one of those things that fell through the cracks but yeah it's back now so did you watch it is it good uh, i haven't that's the thing i haven't started it yet i you know because the trip and the whole thing and i don't know um if when i'm on international waters it's going to be available because you know how the program for Netflix changes as soon as you leave the United States. So I don't want to get, I don't want to start it and then interrupt it and come back and and start rewatch it again. So I'll, I'll leave that all that for after the trip. Um, but yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely anxious to see that uh, second season because the first season was absolutely fantastic. Um, so if you want to get on, get back on there, um, you, you will like it, Jocelyn. I think you'll like it. Uh, Yeah. It seems like the kind of thing that my husband would enjoy too. And we are so rarely together. We so rarely get to watch TV together. So it's nice to watch something that we both are really into. Like, um, finding, I'm sorry, killing Eve. Yeah. We really enjoyed that. So 
Yeah. But I think you'd have to be nut, nuts to not enjoy it. Oh, so. my God. <laughs> Uh, are you are you watching the present season or are you doing it? I'm letting it build up a little bit. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing too. And yeah. whenever I see anything that refers to Killing Eve second season, I just swipe mm-hmm. left. <laughs> no, yep, I'm not going to read that. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's that. Uh, um, so I've been doing a bit of reading about the new Disney streaming service that is about to, I think that will be sometime this year. Yes. Um, so th- another streaming service coming up, and I was thinking that, you know, there's going to come a time where there's so many streaming services out there that we're going to be, we're going to wind up paying the same amount mo- of money we used to pay for cable just by having all of those things. Because the thing is that wh- when you think about Disney, you should think about Mickey Mouse and, 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 and something else, but... Never forget that Disney now owns what all of the Marvels. What what else do they own? They bought Fox. They bought Fox. Uh, so they own any, you know, uh, yeah. So the Marvel, they own Daredevil, they own, um, they own a whole lot of things. Yeah, Spider. And also they bought the Star Wars franchise too, didn't they? Yeah, Star Wars. So so the now, Muppets. Exactly. So now, if you want to see those things, you might not get to see them on Netflix or, or somewhere else, but rather you're going to have to pay for the exclusive streaming service of um, Disney. But what they said is that the they're not, I was reading that they're not going to put Captain Marvel on DVD, but rather they're going to make it available to stream directly from the streaming service as soon as it like as soon as it launches. So so that's 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 how they're going. Like some like you can you can tell now that because the DVD service the, the DVD part of the business might be dying, the streaming service is gonna be their catch now. Oh, do you wanna see yeah. it? Did you didn't yeah. you didn't catch it in the movie theater? Huh. Pay us now. Stream it here. Yeah. Yeah. And Disney's actually always been pretty smart, too, when it comes to that kind of thing, because years ago, it used to be they would re-release the old Disney movies in the movie theater every seven years, I think. Yeah. Um, So you would go and they would be in the movie theater for a couple months and you would go and, you know, and this was before everybody had a, a VCR or had cable or anything like that. So they were smart with that because they were bringing in the box office money again for that. And then, of course, when VHS and people started having that in their homes, they embraced that. Everybody had, you know, The Lion King or Cinderella or or Aladdin or whatever on VHS. The Lady and the Tramp. Oh, yes. Lady and the Tramp. Mm -hmm. So Disney's been, they've been smart with that. So um, it wouldn't, you know, surprise me if they uh, get a monopoly on this. And, you know, I'm sure they know what they're doing. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and and I know, like, I love Disney. Like, I, I love Disney, but at the same time, it's a love and hate relationship because people should not forget that thanks to Disney, the laws of copyright have remained the same in the United States. Um, so it has to, go, well, it was supposed to be 99 years. And yes. after that, it was, it was supposed to change, right? But yes. Disney lobbied, lobbied really, really heavily to continue 
without going like you know it, that's a, that's more than a lifetime like imagine yeah. that well they were they, they were about to lose mickey mouse so right right there there are materials that you will never ever be able to use freely because disney lobbied to keep the laws uh, of you know that copyrights don't change you know yeah. so it's important to know that um some of the com- companies that we love we have to call them out too but yeah yeah there's kind of a dark underbelly to a lot of things unfortunately yes 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 um so good news that we heard uh, and I, I remember having that little conversation with you. It was about one of our favorites, uh, Kate McKinnon of SNL. Yes. So she is going to play... Elizabeth Holmes. Yes. Yes. That lady this... from Thor- Theranos. I don't know if it's... Yeah, it's... <laughs> Every time I think of it, I think of um, the guy from the Marvel movie. I know. <laughs> I thought I was the only one. <laughs> yeah, Thanos, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every time I see it, I'm like, oh, wait, no, not the same. In- but yeah, no, I find his story fascinating. And this lady is bizarre. And yeah. um, so the interesting thing, too, is um, I was in working in Costa Mesa, uh, California, around the same time that she was opening sort of a, a lab there. Mm-hmm. And um, tangentially, I was sort of near there when it was happening, and you know, so like poor four thousand million degrees of separation. But it made it interesting for me because I was like, "Hey, I was like right there where she was doing that. Yeah. That's crazy." <laughs> At the yeah. same time, you can take so, that little credit right there. <laughs> <laughs> so. I will, all right, I will. I will. Yeah. And I was doing some lab work too at the same time, working with a, a company with involved in in laboratory testing. So you anyway, don't say but not blood. Dude. It was PP. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, that's part of the reason why I'm so fascinated by her is I feel sort of like very, 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 like I said, 40 million degrees of separation related to the story. But she's bonkers. Yeah, no, she's a character. As they say say in the south of the United States, she's definitely a character. (laughs) Yes. And and I'm happy for... I'm happy for um, Kate McKinnon to have an opportunity to play her because actually it's not a comedic character. It is a real person, a real life. And the story obviously is quite serious and I'm ready to see Kate McKinnon. And I love Kate McKinnon as a comedian, but I'm ready to see the, well, I think the world is ready to see Kate McKinnon showing her ranch. And I, I think that was a fantastic casting. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's going to be great because she is Kate McKinnon is very very good. And as you said, I think I think we're all ready to see her sink her teeth into something um, more serious. Yeah. Um, definitely not to say harder because comedy is hard, but just something different. I'm ready to see her do something different because I know she can. Yeah, she's fabulous. She's she's she's. I, I know that she's going to be great. So I don't. I, I'm not even worried about that. Definitely. Yeah. Not. I, yeah, I just um, want to see how it goes. Okay, so that's that. Yeah? Yeah. Um that's all the things that we are we heard of, we heard about and we wanted to share with our podcast listeners. So, let's move on to 
the topic of the day. Yes, the, the show we both watched. I have you to credit for watching this show, to tell you the truth, Jocelyn. And I'm, I'm talking about the show Afterlife. Yes. Written and directed by the fantastic Ricky Jovet. I have you to credit for it because although I, I read some reviews about it, and again, I never care about reviews. In fact, when I read a review, I'm such a contrarian that I always want to prove the, <laughs> the reviews wrong. So I will tend to watch the, that, you know, whatever it is that they're talking about, just so I can say, that's bullshit. You didn't, you didn't see what I saw. right so so but but what i did though is is that i put it like in the back of the pile like okay so i know that it's not that great of a show according to the reviews so i'm just gonna watch it whenever i get i I have time until you told me uh graham i think you should watch it yeah so um tell 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 our uh, our listeners what this show is about in in your most in my own words elaborated words and opinions and stuff because I know I know you saw something in this show and, I did and yes I, I I'd like to hear what you what you think of it um, well it's it's called Afterlife and um, it's with Ricky Gervais and it's written from the point of view of a man who had a very close and loving relationship with his wife. Um, A funny relationship, a loving relationship, and uh, she unfortunately has died. And we step into the show where he is at kind of the lowest, maybe not the lowest, but a very low point of his grief process. Um, so we don't, it doesn't go through the whole, you know, watching her die or anything like that. It, it, it skips over that part. Um, we kind of get into the dark days of depression and grief. Yes. And, um, the first two episodes for me, I watched the first two episodes and I have to say, I cried like a baby (laughs) through both of the episodes. Um, I think I used up a whole box of tissues um, because for me, it was so Ricky Gervais so captured on point the way grief feels and the way depression feels as well. Um, The hatred of people. Just for being alive. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, not We've talked about this, Jocelyn, and that's 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 where I, that's why I wanted you to be the one to describe this for me, because <laughs> I know we've had those conversations, and I know exactly yeah. why why you the, when you told me the first two episodes, uh, kind of put you there, and I was like, okay, I know exactly where she's going. Please continue. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, because you know he's 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 there's so much anger in him at the world, and there's so much emptiness, and there's so much hatred, and that's the way it is. That's how we feel as human beings when we're down in grief, when we're down in depression. That's how it is. And yes, there's some funny parts to it when you're depressed, because there is in life too. Yeah. So um, there's some ridiculous things that happen that you're just like, I can't believe I'm doing this yeah. right now. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it it 
it's it's real life and he i feel has captured it so well in this series um the first two episodes uh there's a mention of a suicide attempt and then there is a uh portrayal of a suicide attempt um so probably should say trigger warning for anybody out there um there's nothing graphic or anything like that but part of the reason that I personally got crying so hard towards this is because uh, there's a character in the series of Good Girl, and Good Girl is a dog. And I call her a character because she's more than just a dog in this show. Yes. Um, she's very, very important. She's as important as all of the many other characters in the show. And uh, Good Girl is the one that stops the suicide attempt in, I believe it's the second episode. Yes. And that hit me so hard because I having had some bad things happen in my life. I, that one hit me in a very personal and very close spot. And the fact that it was done so well. And so it was handled with, with empathy and with pathos and with just the way that life actually is. It was, it was beautiful. And um, for the entire series, it's sort of, it follows sort of the process of depression. I think it speeds things up a little bit. Of course, it has to because it's a TV show. Um, a little bit of the process of grief. Um, but I think a lot of the important points that it hits are so, they ring so true that it's a rare thing that I've seen in television for grief or depression for television or TV shows to hit that note just right. And this show does. Um, it's not to say it's perfect. There's a few little, little quibbles I have with the show, but I think that if you're somebody that's ever lost someone that you've really cared about, or if you've ever struggled with depression, or if you have had both, um, I think this show will resonate with you. Um, I think it might help you in some ways, uh, cause you're going to go, holy shit, I'm not the only one who's felt like this, who's felt like strangling people just because they're alive and this other person isn't. So I, I just think it's, I think it's a great little, little series. It's, uh, six episodes. Each episode is less than half an hour long. And I really think it's worth your time to watch it. Yes, look, a perfect, perfect description, perfect synopsis without spoiling, with no spoilers or anything. You, you've gone, you, you've captured the essence of the show. And I think for me, what I'm most impressed about is the fact that you can, Ricky Gervais managed to make a show about sadness without making it sloppy and sad. Um, yes, exactly. As it's a matter, not maudlin. Right. And it's, as a matter of fact, there is an element of catharsis in, in every episode, if you will. Almost a showing of the light of the, at the end of the tunnel kind of thing. Every moment, every time, whenever he's sunk to his lowest. And again, uh, how important is Brandy the good girl is and why... It shows why is it like I cannot, I will never understand people who don't, you, who, 
don't want to have a pet. I, I nothing against people who don't like dogs or don't like cats. Or don't, that's not what I'm saying. I'm not being judgy. I'm just saying that I don't understand. I, I cannot. I will never be able to understand why not. Why not? Yeah. Because I know that the story is written that way, but really, I, I think the moment he discovers that he's got something to care for, something or someone he should care about, always, not, you know, having a sister, not necessarily, you know, having a godson and nephew that he really cares about, like cares about more than he cares to admit, as a matter of fact. Yes. None of that really mattered if in the moments where he was at his lowest point to taking his own life. But the dog was so such an opportunity for him to realize. So what what happens? How is she going to survive? What's going to happen to her? By the time they find me, you know, how... And she's not going to know where I went. She's not going to understand what happened to me. Um, You know, I will have traumatized her forever. Yeah. And, you know, for people who aren't dog lovers or who aren't animal lovers, that is probably not something that's going to resonate with them. Um, But it certainly resonated with me. So, yeah, Good Girl is a great character. She uh, is written beautifully, and the interaction between Ricky Gervais and Good Girl is, I think, I don't know if she's his dog in real life. (laughs) I I hope so. I know that Ricky. I know that Ricky is more of a cat person, to tell you the truth. Like by following him on 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 Twitter, um, he's always going on about his cat. I've hardly ever seen him post a picture of a dog, but I hope uh, Brandy. The good girl is his dog for real. You're right. Because their chemistry is great. Their chemistry is better than I've seen between some actor and actresses. Absolutely. So, <laughs> Absolutely. Um, props to the, I don't know the actual real name of the, the dog, the the actor, actor, actress dog that's in it. But um, she's she's great because she's, nothing of it, you know how in a lot of movies when there's a dog, or a cat, or a whatever, you can kind of see them like looking off to the side and watching the trainer, and then being like, oh, yeah. that's what I'm supposed to do, and then doing it. Yes. I never got any of that through this. This felt very natural. This felt like a relationship between the two of them in what was happening. That's that's exactly that's exactly the thing. Like, um, like you said, it felt like it was his dog, and she was she was ready to to you know roll with him, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. So there's all of these human emotions that we get to see. And again, here's what's brilliant for me about this show being Ricky Gervais and written and directed by Ricky Gervais. I know that most of the time we get to see Ricky Gervais being a jerk, but in a comedic way. And... I know that most of the time we are expecting him to be the jerk in a comedic way. That's fine. But mm-hmm. Afterlife is not even about that. Afterlife is actually mm-hmm. Ricky Gervais being as he's at his most brilliant as a writer, 
at his most brilliant as an actor, and at the same time as, he, as, as his most brilliant comedic, uh, comically. Like, like the guy is a perfect trifecta of of of, of beautiful things. Um, <laughs> and for him to have written these. I don't know if there's credit to anybody else because I know that in the end it just says written and directed by Ricky Gervais. But, man, I'm telling you, every character has a purpose. And nobody felt like it was ju just there to fill in. Do, do you see what I mean? Like, the, I do. You, I you do. Can... There was no, like, stooge. There was no sidekick. There was right. no, um, oh, I'm here as a straw man or I'm here as a, a – there was none of that. There was no, I'm going to be an example of this. I'm going to be an example of that. It was just, nope, here's these people in my life and here's how I feel towards them. And um, the casting was brilliant, too. I yes. thought that, that a lot of the um, – most of the actors I was not familiar with. Um, oh, yeah, the you were. lady is, of course, yeah. from Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah, and Broadchurch. There were there were yes. several characters yes. from Broadchurch there, from Doctor yes. Who. Yes, but oh, yeah. for the most part, for the most part, I didn't recognize everybody. But they were they were great, and they each of each of them played the roles very very well. Uh, um, little kid is good too. Yes, George. <laughs> George. <laughs> Uh, David uh, Bradley from Game of Thrones. So, uh, let me for for the Game of Thrones watchers, David Bradley is um, old dude from Game of Thrones, and um, let me see what is his name of on on uh, Game of Thrones. I see. I can't help you at all. Walder TV. Frey. He is Walder Frey on Game of Thrones. So if if anybody remembers the Red Wedding, you you know who I'm talking about. So that's 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 uh the the man that plays Ricky Gervais's father on this series. Okay, so Walder Frey of Game of Thrones. Okay, carry on. So what I was what I was going to where I was going with with um with this Jocelyn is that you know me by now and i plunge into a whole series of analysis in 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 a show like this and i was smiling the entire time towards the episode four five and six mm -hmm. because i felt like the show was brilliantly getting to its point mm -hmm. and the point that it was bringing, it wasn't a matter of, oh, yeah, there's always a better day. You don't have to uh, kill yourself or whatever, whatever. That wasn't necessarily the part. Like, it wasn't even an, 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 an advocacy for, you know, if you're suicidal, kill yourself. Or if, not, if you're not suicidal, kill yourself. It was rather a moral statement. And that moral statement ties into, listen to this one, the very first season, for me, the very first season of a show that we've talked about, The Good Place. Yes. Do, do, do you see where I'm going with yes, this? Do you I see do. where I'm going with this? I do see where you're going with this. Because the reason why I was smiling is because this entire week, I've been thinking about how 
a show like The Good Place, do you remember me asking you, Jocelyn, why is, is The Good Place not more of a popular show? Because, you know, it's funny, it has good cast, and, 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 and it's, it's great in every, in every way. But I kind of understood now throughout this week why it is not a very popular show. And it is because it forces us. It talks about us confronting our ugliness. And mm -hmm. it goes into the philosophy of, of uh, Tim Scanlon, right? And mm -hmm. Tim Scanlon posited only one question about life. Like, no matter what you believe in, no matter what your religion is, it does not matter what you, you, your beliefs are. As long as you are unable to answer the question, what do we owe to each other? Then you have a problem with your moral compass. <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and this is, this is mm -hmm. where I started smiling. Because, you know, the, uh, Tony, the character of Ricky Gervais, starts to discover that actually there might not be anything wrong with my being a jerk. He's like, but again, there might not be anything wrong with my trying to punish people because I hurt, but then there are people that deserve it and there are people that are not. And when I am terrible towards the people that don't deserve it, then I'm a jerk. Yeah. But when I am giving that attitude of jerkiness to people that have been jerked, they're not merely being reciprocal. Do you know what I mean? I do. And so, do. And so this answers the question of contractualism that Tim Scanlon posited in that the entire first season of, of The Good Place talked about, right? Yes. It is... Am I, am, am I like getting in my head with that or? or <laughs> no, I, not at all. No, <laughs> no, I agree with you 100%. I, um, if we don't know, if, if we're just going to go around being jerks to everybody, whether they deserve it or not, then we're just a jerk. But our motivations, our motivation in life needs to be, what did the lady on the bench say? You know, yes. you're a good person and there needs to be more good people because there just means, seems to be more and more assholes. Right. <laughs> right. And, Who are they? And I had that question in my head because she said, otherwise they win. And I'm like, yes. okay, it would be nice if you tell us who's, who are they? And then, yes. and then Tony asks, who are they? And I'm like, yeah, the assholes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. But, yeah, but you know, so. the, the old lady makes me happy. The old lady makes me happy because she is the perfect voice of wisdom that every uh, great series or movies should have, except that she wasn't cliche. Uh, do, do you see, uh, yes. And that's what I loved about it. Like, she wasn't that yes. old lady that is almost mysterious and blah, blah, blah. She was another grieving human being that had a yes. completely different point of view on that yes. grieving. And 
I think she was the most, she was the one that actually sort of like dropped the entire philosophical uh, position of the show, uh, if you will. And yeah, I'm going to go ahead and read a quote here. And I had to actually pause it and take that quote. I don't know. Okay. I don't know if um, this is what this was something that came up in the show that when the show was being written, this is originally from the show or if some great Greek philosopher or some great modern philosopher said this, but there was a moment when she said to, uh, to, to Tony, a society grows great when old men plant trees the shade of which they know they'll never sit in. I yes. thought, marvelous, wonderful. Like, you could go everywhere with this, right? Because here's the thing. In this climate that we are right now, um, a, we live in a society of egocentrism, of a lot of narcissism, um, a lot of lack of empathy, a lot of people being jerk because, you know, that's what we get. We, we watch the news, we read the news, and we literally see world leaders being jerked to each other, <laughs> jerks to each other. We literally see nations being terrible uh, towards each other, we, we, you know. And then she moves on to say, happiness is, a, is an amazing thing, even when it is not your own. Yeah, that one hit me in the feels. Oh, Lord. Yeah. Tell me what you, th like, tell, tell me how, how it hit you, because I, I, I want to I hear, because I was watching a little show that lasts 30 minutes per episode, and I had to pause several times just so I could catch my breath and think about what I was hearing. The f most fantastic dialogues I've heard in, in a show for a long time. Happiness is an amazing thing, even when it's not yours. Yeah, because it's, it's so true. If you are next to someone who is truly happy, um, I mean, take the example of a child. I'll take the example of one of my little nieces who is truly happy and she is living in the moment and she is, let's say we're, you know, at the, at the playground and she is enjoying living in the moment, playing in the swings, playing in the dirt. It's amazing because you feel it too. Even if you're having the worst, crappiest, most horrible day, yes. mental illness, depression, grief, whatever, but you can feel that. You can feel it. And it comes shining through and it touches you. And it's so true because it's not my happiness. I'm not the one who's happy who's down in the dirt playing. But I'm happy because you are. Because it's shining out of you and it's reaching out. And, and the warmth of your joy can touch even my heart. It is an absolutely contagious thing. Yes. See, yes. And, and that's like, if you think about it, Jocelyn, that is the true essence of happiness because it's, it's almost as if it was a, a composed thing that several 
elements have to come together in that happiness for, for, for you to experience it. And when you think about it, happiness to you, happiness to me, is seeing everybody around me being happy. Is seeing yes. everything falling into into place, isn't it? Yes. You are happy at your happiest when I don't know, like I'm at my happiest, for instance, when I cook something and you know I I can actually watch my family eat it and they come back and say, hey, this is good. <laughs> you know, and perhaps yes. I'm not even hungry. And in fact, by them saying that, I've had all the food that I wanted to have. No, I always end up eating a lot. But what I'm saying is <laughs> the happiness that I feel is because I know that they are enjoying this thing. And by then, they are happy. So I'm happy. If you're happy, I'm happy. That's the contagious thing of happiness. And, and for, yeah. for this to have come out so beautifully... In, in so many, in, in such few words as to say, happiness is a beautiful thing, even when it's not your own, is by saying, it's, it's almost, it's, it's in fact saying, when you're not happy, but you see happiness, you have no option but to feel happy. That's when, well, that is when we say, I'm happy for you. Yes. But in, I think from now on, I will say I'm happy with you. Do you know what I mean? Because Oh, I like that. I like that. That's, 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 that's the way you should feel, right? Yeah, yeah, I like that. I'm happy with you. I'm happy with you. I'm enjoying this thing with you. Because, you know what? Um, another character that we haven't talked about, and I feel like it was, I don't know how you can make a person who is dead in the story to be such a central and beautiful part of a series. I can tell you for a fact that every time he was watching one of those little videos of his uh, wife, uh, Lisa, yes, I was smiling. Yes. And, and I actually wrote one of my notes is Lisa was a saint. <laughs> Lisa was a saint. She was because I would have strangled him. Oh my God. Sorry. Oh my God. They were truly made for each other. Oh wow. Oh wow. Oh, I don't. I, she was never mad at him. At least never. When and he caught these moments on camera. I don't want to spoil every, anything for anybody, so you have to watch the show. But because, like, by the third time, Justin, I was ready to kind of like, I'm like, if it, if it was me, I would have at least thrown a shoe at him or some shit. Yeah, I would have too. <laughs> <laughs> but she just laughed, yes. which I think, I think. um I had someone say something to me once that about grief that really um, spoke to me. And I think it'll probably speak to other people who've lost someone that they care about. Because that grief isn't just about the fact that you've loved someone and that you've lost them. It's not just about the fact that you loved them, but it's about the fact that they loved you 
And now that love is gone in the sense that you don't feel it anymore necessarily. And I think that this series really touches on that because you can see the fact that they had such a good relationship, that they were so in love and there was so much love between the two of them. And the fact that he, of course, still loves her, that doesn't change. But the grief is also because you've lost that love. The love that was coming towards you is not there anymore. And you feel that in your life. That hole in your life is there. And that I think that that really, I think the show captures grief very well. And in a non-maudlin, non-condescending, yes. non-treacly uh, way, um, it's just very matter-of-fact of this is kind of how it goes for some of us. And, and you're absolutely right because most I know that movies and series always capture uh, grief in the most with the most common denominator thing, which is crying, crying. Mm-hmm. I don't remember Tony's character crying. Uh, very for, very rarely for, he yes. would get choked up but there's no like yeah and then most of the time when he was getting choked up was when he was starting to progress towards resol- well not resolution but progress towards the light let's say right and, and that's the thing like you know let's just stop it right there you know like grief is not it's not about you know, crying and sobbing and blah, blah, blah. That's, and that's what we see. And I think like sometimes we expect, you know, as, as human beings, we are expecting, well, the crying is going to stop at some point. You know what I mean? Like even, yeah. even a child, you, you like, oh, right, let me, let me, let me, let me help you stop crying. And so this is where, like, when you're watching a movie and there's a lot of crying, there's a lot of crying, there's a lot of crying, all you see is like, yeah, when is it going to stop? When are they going to move on? But that feeling of, oh, for fuck's sake, move on, never came to you when you, when you uh, for, at least for me, when I was watching this. It was like, I want to see how he deals with it. I want to see how he copes with it. Mm-hmm. And even when he was coping it in the with it in the worst way, I was able to understand. And even when he started to progress, when he started to come out of it, mm-hmm. I felt like it was at the right time. And that, mm-hmm. to me, is the magic of this show. Like things, like it, it, you know, what I mean, like it wasn't like okay, he's had got a. Ha- come out of it because there's only one episode left that wasn't the thing <laughs> it was yeah this is the right time this is like the build up to finding um a way out of this sadness this black cloud was perfect enough that i as the what the the, the person watching the show I am okay with him starting to move on now. Well, I felt yeah. like it was the right moment to ask that lady out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, yeah. 
that was insane. Like, I, lo I love that. Uh, that little moment of clarity that dad had. That was yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> because, you know, um, he showed love. Do you know what I mean? He showed love. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, you're not going to go ahead and express love to me. Get out of here. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> and that was, that's a perfect, that's a perfect old dad, right? Like, yep. Yep. Yeah, you know, there's a, there's a joke that goes out. Uh, that goes around on, on, on the internet. There's a lot of memes about Haitian parents. Um, as all of you know, I'm Haitian. And one of them says how Haitian mothers apologize to their children. And then the caption is, you're hungry? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they give you a good, whoop, a good ass whooping and then they feel bad for you. But they can't manage to say, you know what, come here, I love you, and I'm sorry I was so harsh with you. The way of saying that is, you're hungry? And I felt <laughs> like that was that moment with dad, right? He was like, man, yeah, it's all, everything going to be all right. But like, I love you, dad. Fuck out of here. <laughs> that was so awesome. That moment was beautiful because that is a dad moment. That is a dad moment. You can't tell me that is a, that is a dad moment. That was beautiful. Yeah. Yep. It was uh, good. It was good. Yeah. Um, I uh, I have to say, there's there's one thing that I I did not like about the series, and I I will feel um, untrue to myself if I don't mention this. So I'm going to mention it. Um, uh, Ricky Gervais to me takes the fat jokes a little too far and I think he feels that he can do this because he himself is a little bit overweight mm. um, but some of the fat jokes and I know some of it was his character being an asshole um, but I think some of it too is just Ricky Gervais And so there's, for me, there was some cringy bits in there with, with some of the fat jokes, because, you know, when the one friend, when he had a hold of the, because there's an overweight friend in the series yeah. and he had a hold of the friend's back fat and was making fun of him over the back fat that bothered me because I mean, I know the friend in the series was okay with it and like, you know, oh, this is just him and what he does. And that yeah. guy, that character, by the way, is great. Yeah. That guy um, was great. But for me, it was like, okay, I'm sorry. You just kind of took that a little too far for me. And I understand that you're being an asshole, but could we find another way to be an asshole? That's my only thing. And I just have to say that because, like I said, I feel like I'm not going to be true to myself if I don't mention the fact that I was not okay with all of the fat jokes in the in the series. Yeah, I, I mean, yes, the fat jokes, the fat jokes were, they at no point made me laugh. Um, cause I don't understand, I've never been able to understand how this kind of abuse to a friend is okay. Yeah. Like yeah. maybe, maybe a dude that I don't know and, you know, made some snarky remark about me and I'm like, okay, I'm going to get back at you. <laughs> you know what I mean? But to a friend, yeah. I don't, I've never been able to understand that kind of abuse, uh, verbal abuse to a friend 
Um, and yeah, I, I think I think you're right. But yes, we know that Ricky Gervais has a problem with he's got a problem with political correctness and he has a way of rationalizing some of the cringiest shit that he does. And that's, that is actually the main reason why most of the people that don't like Ricky Gervais don't like him is because of that, because he will, he will get you to that point of cringe where you're like, Oh, come on. You were doing so well. Do you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You, you like yeah. I like you. I want to continue to like you. But why do you have to go there? And yeah, that's it. That's it exactly. That's the why. Why did there was that served no purpose? We could have done this to me. You know, we could have done something else that would have been funny or yeah. <laughs> or something. So there was a few that that bothered me. But overall, the series is great. Um, I just I had to mention the fat jokes because they they did kind of stick in my craw a little bit there were like my, my cringe the cringiest part for me to tell you the truth was when that dude's girlfriend came to the office yes yes that bugged me too and i was like but why like why you know why there's no point to that like i understand that you are looking for a way to being an asshole but why and it felt like it was piling on on that same dude always that is that's abusive you know uh, yes yes and again that's that's the kind of and there was the thing about uh the milk and stuff you know yeah that was that was bad that was poor taste but again it's, it's ricky gervais even that wasn't that bad for me, but there was a there was a last the very last moment there before they left the house. Like, well, why did you have to write that? The thing about the bread and you know, oh come on, no, yeah, no, yeah, no. The, that that was that we didn't need that. That didn't need to be in the yes, series. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> don't yes, you don't need that. You, we it's didn't, not we didn't funny. Need that in the series. You had a, you're, you've got a beautiful little series going on, and um, you've got some stuff in here that I just kind of feel like if he let an editor be like, okay, look, I know you're Ricky Gervais, and I know this is your shtick, but please let's take some of the fat jokes out. Yes. <laughs> and some of this this other questionable stuff is just uh, not funny. It would be one thing if it was funny, but it's just not right. I don't. I can't but. see. I cannot see that there was anybody that felt that was laughable. Uh, like yeah. Okay, okay, the part where this dude was gurgling the pudding or whatever, and in in Ricky was like nauseated or whatever. That that yeah, I could laugh at that a bit, especially mm-hmm. at the sound, right? Mm-hmm. But when boom, that word was said. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, why? Mm-hmm. Why? Just why? No, not cool, yep. not cool. And yeah. we're going to let you see it. I hope we haven't spoiled anything <laughs> really for you because we've talked about, we've tried to go around the show a lot without saying much. Um, although we've said a lot. Yeah, I don't, 
we've said a lot, but I don't think we've spoiled anything because I don't, I don't really think that there's anything to necessarily spoil. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, at the outset that the wife is dead, so that doesn't come as a shock. <laughs> yeah. It's like, um, but, but I think, I just think that it was from someone like Ricky Gervais to get something that was so empathetic and showed such humanity, um, was just a delightful breath of fresh air. And, um, I know entertainment a lot of the time is escapism, but for me, this was entertainment that was, um, educational, I guess, in some sense. Yes. And also in another sense, um, kind of helped me come to terms with some things that have happened in my own life. So I, I agree. I agree with, with you, especially the last thing you said, coming to terms with some things that have happened to us, because the fact of the matter is Uh, sometimes we go a long time without actually properly grieving. Yeah. Um, be it because we don't have a job where we can walk out anytime we don't feel like being there. <laughs> right. You know right. what I'm saying? Whereas he did. Yeah, like, uh, you and I can't just say, you know, I, I'm going for a walk. <laughs> Fuck this, <laughs> you know. We can say that. And most people can't, right? Right, and right. you get a, a few days, and then you go back to work, and life move on, and and yeah. and you find yourself instead of grieving properly, you find yourself bottling stuff away, and you come to moments in life where you're like, oh, and then all of it comes out, and you start crying and stuff. Yeah, bottles start breaking. Yes. And, yeah. you know, I think this was good to see. This was this was sort of a discovery of what grieving is all about and why there shouldn't be any shame in it. Yes. And with that said, um, we would like to recommend strongly, we urge you, in fact, to go and watch Afterlife. It's, yeah, it's on, on Netflix. Yep. It's a six-episode series. Yep. Yeah, each episode is less than half an hour. Yep. So, so you can do it. Not a huge time investment going on. Yeah. Yeah. I actually did it. I actually did it in a matter of two hours. Um, so you can do it. It won't take you the whole weekend. Mm-mm. And um, it's a beautiful thing. Beautiful show. Beautiful material. Great cast, I, I want to say. Fantastic and I hope cast. That, that for the people who do watch it, I hope you start some conversations maybe with some of the folks around you about grief, about depression, um, about the sad things that are going on in our lives because I think a lot of us tend to not talk about that, um, even to people that we're close to. So, um, I hope maybe you can, if you get the chance to watch it with somebody that you guys maybe can have a conversation about grief, about depression, about what happens, um, when we lose someone that we care about, because even if it hasn't happened to us yet, at some point it's going to, 
And it would just be really good to have had someone that you've had that conversation with already uh, to be able to go, you know what, I've got that in my memory and uh, kind of replay that in your head because I, I think we're all going to need that someday. Yeah, well said, Jocelyn. And another thing for me that I learned in the show, with this show, is that, you know, whoever you feel that you have a chemistry with, don't be judgy about it. Just 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 become that friend yeah um no matter what other people think about that other person and please remember that human beings are going to sometime mess up they're going to fail you sometime yes. and yes when they fail you be ready be ready to start anew. Be ready to start anew. Be ready to say, let's put this behind us and kind of move on. But, you know, this is your warning or something. But don't just write off people right away the first minute that they fail you. Because we always, we are always bound to fail. We've failed some people we know. We've failed our parents, we've failed our families, we've failed our partners, our loved ones. So don't be so strict to people that you let in your life and they fail you the first time, the second time, or some other time. Just be ready to yeah. to 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 see put yourself in their in their shoes and understand why it is that sometimes the, the stability that your friendship brings to that person's life could be chaotic because they're not used to it. Sometimes it's yeah. their own way of pushing you away because they know that the first moment that they put their foot in their mouths, you're going to walk away. So sometimes they kind of help yeah. you. <laughs> they kind of help you with that by massively failing you. Yeah. But show friendship, show solidarity, show understanding, and go back and tell them, "Look, man, yeah, I'm, I'm willing, I'm willing to just take it from here again, as long as you promise that next time you're gonna think about it twice before you hurt me." Yeah. And I'm not talking about forgiveness. I think Justin and I had one time we had a fantastic conversation about forgiveness. And yes. I think that 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 conversation, as a matter of fact, if I can say that, sort of um, sealed uh, the beginning of our friendship in a way because it was that like-mindedness was so uncanny that I couldn't take it. I'm like, I have to become. <laughs> I have to become friends with this lady. Um, <laughs> you know, and it's a conversation for another time, really, that of forgiveness. And again, please, I'm not, I'm not talking about forgiveness. Forgive if you want. Forget if you want. What I'm talking about is giving other chances, giving another chance more than once. And forgetting about judgment, forgetting about, requisites just yeah. 
just be friends to somebody more because you know they need a friend as opposed to how much you need a friend. Life will repay you for yeah. that. Yeah. And uh, in the, the words of the old lady, don't, don't let the assholes win. Yes. They can't win. Um, no. we, we, we see, we have testimony in this country, in this present moment of what happened when the assholes win. We're living through Don't it. let the assholes win. So thank you everyone for listening another time. And we hope you like this episode. Yes, um, thank you. Look, we're not trying to bore you here. We're just trying to um, to leave you with something every time. The, the, this show, this podcast is about entertainment, but it is also a conversation with you. And we hope you take a ride along with us with this conversation. We hope you like it. Yes. Once again, um, we're not in. We, we're gonna take a break next week, Jocelyn. Yes, I think we're gonna take spring break, aren't we? Yes, we are going to take a quick break, but we will be right back um, the week after uh, next. Yes, with another episode of Geeking and Streaming. Yes. So please don't forget us. We'll be here. Yep, we'll be here. <laughs> but listen to the one of the other episodes. And- or listen to this one twice. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be long enough, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, have a good day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, everyone.